release the Kraken. Welcome to Robot Kraken, where Chris of Deeply Dapper and Tom of Third Rail Design Lab talk about movies, shows, comics, entertainment news, and general miscellany. Miscellany, right? Miscellany. Yes. Hi, Chris. Hello, How Tom. How are you doing tonight? Not too bad. How about you? Not bad. How was your, your week? Was it excellent? What's your migraine status? <laughs> you migraine? Uh, no, no migraines this week, actually. it's It's been a good week. Stomach distress? No. How Can, can you see well? I, I shit regularly. It's excellent. Oh, you took it right there. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I meant a little bit much Cholula, perhaps. No, I'm, I'm doing well, actually. My new glasses are working out excellently. We are getting back into the grind of the shop and getting some, some stuff figured out in anticipation of the con season, so... It's been a good week so far overall. How about you? I'm good, but here's my idea. You need to build one of those Lego, what's the erector set for Legos? What's it called? Technics. Technics. You need to build a Technics-based robot that grinds key hooks using key hooks, right? So it's like (laughs) recursive. Every key hook it makes, it's also, you know, it's like the old Destroying another one. Well, no, like, so, like, you know, old drafting. You used to have these old drafting tools where you're drawing and then there's this arm copying you. Right? Oh, right, right. So you need one where every leg, every key hook you make, the, the, the techniques or whatever it's called, uh, makes three, right? <laughs> and so then after like an hour, you're done for the season. That right? would be pretty sweet. Then you could watch, uh, uh, I don't know, like uh, Winter Soldier with all that free time you have. <laughs> hey, I'm working on it, man. <laughs> I finally sat down the other day and wrote down my my full list of the Marvel movies and which ones we need so that we can start our 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 eternal marathon on watching the Marvel movies and getting caught up on stuff. But Winter heard- Soldier may just have to slip in there irregardless of the marathon. That's another untoward <laughs> statement you just made. Because Winter Soldier can pretty much slip in anywhere he damn well pleases. He's powerful and charming. <laughs> also, I heard on a really great um, uh, podcast that I listened to called Deeply Dapper Dispatches that you and your wife did an X-File – or no, no. It was an X-Men marathon, right? We did, like quite everything a while ex- ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything except – I don't know. You missed one. Like, or, yeah, X-Men I missed the most recent Wolverine movie. Oh, yeah. Which is okay, because that means you didn't sully that one with the memories of the previous films. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> so, Chris, though, I have to ask you. We need to talk about sucking the monkey. What are you drinking? I am currently drinking a discount brand Dr. Shasta beverage with a liberal amount of Kraken spiced rum in it. <laughs> <laughs> It's an audio show, and you're like, it's a discount brand. Why can't yeah. you make it's like triple A brand? <laughs> San Francisco sell like six dollars a bottle. It's a dollar sixty nine a twelve pack or some nonsense like that. Good, that's rod gut in the can. And uh, I, I have to say that the Kraken is excellent. The two blending together is not quite as sublime. <laughs> you like you like the Kraken rum, right? It's not just a theoretical future sponsor of this show. No, it's also, it's also a rum you desire. I do. I I enjoy the Kraken. In fact, my my current bottle o Kraken. This is where he goes to show me the bottle. Is significant. Yeah, I got it. 
It's a, so, let's see here, it is a 1.75 liter bottle of Kraken. And as you can see, I've just barely started Kraken on it. <laughs> you did that. You did that just now. So that's that basically, happened. so you just got like a like a, a night's worth of, of rum as opposed to a larger volume that would last longer. I would say it's a solid afternoon. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, I'm also drinking a delicious rum beverage. Uh, I made a dark and stormy using Sailor Jerry's rum. And uh, not your father's ginger ale, so it's you know it's got a little kick on both sides there. I still need to try the the not your father's. We've we've made a couple of dark and stormies recently, and I've come to the conclusion that I kind of like my my ginger ale and my rum separate. So that's a thing. Uh, it's a drink that is really dependent upon each of those components, right? Right. So like the rum, if it's too sweet or it's extra spicy or whatever mixed with whatever happens to be going on with the particular uh, ginger product that you're using, it really changes the flavor of the drink. Right. I, I like it most with a spiced rum that's not too sweet and a ginger beer that's not too sweet. Okay. And in this case, uh, I think Sailor Jerry's pretty reasonable, but not your father's ginger ale is sweeter because it's really trying to be a standalone beverage, right? Right. Um, and it's a ginger ale instead of a ginger beer. So Right. Yeah. Well, that was enough of that. Anyway, we're drinking rum. It's great. We are drinking rum. <laughs> and and you asked how my week is going, and it's it's just going swell. Yes, swell. <laughs> so that 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 really informs our listeners more about you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably tells you all too much about me. Another day in paradise for Tom. <laughs> my my car broke down. It's not even a rant, but my car broke down, so I'm doing extra riding. And uh, at the same time, I also um, am trying to get in shape again. So who could complain? So it's the gods conspiring to get you, you back in shape. I see you doing that. Um, the, the <laughs> oh, I'm still on screen. You are. I'm not it's adding so... more rum to my drink. Oh, no, sir. It's great. It's very Big Lebowski of you. You're like pouring it into the can. All right. Anyway. I... Currently, I own three tumblers and some little mason jars, and they're all in the dishwasher. I went to get something to drink out of, and I'm like, well, I have a shot glass, and I have a giant Star Wars cup that I got from the theater. Right, sure. Yeah. Well, you need one of the big crystal uh, a crystal skull uh, mug like I have. Oh, I do. I need some more glassware, period, actually. I do not feel like an adult when I go to my cupboard and all I have are tiny mason jars and a shot glass. <laughs> <laughs> Your adulting role. Very <laughs> <Like> poorly. <a> <laughs> Shall we do Root? Yeah, let's, let's move on to Root. What is Root, Chris? Well, our first segment is something we call the Robots Root, which is a fancy way of saying, here's some stuff happening. As if you didn't have the interwebs and no, no, friends, don't. which I don't, but, <laughs> or at least I've I heard, didn't yesterday. I've heard your friends on, a, on an exciting and interesting podcast called Deeply Dapper Dispatches, <laughs> available on iTunes. And uh, <laughs> that's a rip-roaring group. Do I have to pay you for this? <laughs> in, it, it, <laughs> you pay me in mills, so it's, it's going to take a while. Um, so anyway, yeah, it seems like you guys have a really good time uh, when you do these things in the same room. We try to. But we do as well. <laughs> there's a we have, lot. There, I have to say there's a significant amount more editing on those episodes than with, <laughs> with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing the adulting to this, though. So there's less <laughs> editing to be needed. And also, uh, to be fair, um, we're, we're, in, we're like in a cyber room, right? What do they call those? Uh, what are the what are the what are the kids of the yesteryear chat rooms? Call it? a chat room? We're in a chat room. 
Can you imagine? We're not in the, the creepy modern chat rooms though, where it's just say. naked guys doing bad things to themselves, hoping a girl happens upon them. Why is this happening again? This is your Idaho experience coming out. <sighs> is that not what everybody runs into? <laughs> we need to talk about root stuff and not <laughs> questionable 17-year-old girls that are not girls that are men from Idaho. Okay, so... What do you think oh we should talk about? What what are the new what's the news of the day, Chris? What is? You know, there there's so much news right now, it's hard to even handle. It's like it's hard for us to even trim it down to something that we can talk <laughs> about in a two to seven hour period. Well now that we just cut them wherever we want, we don't really have to trim. That's true. But People, I like to trim. it gives me a nice silhouette. I see. I prefer do. I don't prefer the full jungle. That was two that was three puns in one podcast for you. So well, and the thing is, it's only been rough. Well, I guess it's pushing on almost two weeks since we recorded, but it, has. it seems like there's been about a month worth of stuff to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, what are you most excited about? What have you seen that that thrilled you the most, Mister Tom? I have a list of about twelve items, <laughs> and I'm really thrilled about all of them. His or top not, one consists of twelve. My <laughs> top three of twelve. Right. Well, here, let's talk about one thing right off the bat. This R-rating bandwagon. Yes. It's weird, right? So <sighs> It's they, not surprising these, to me, but it is weird. <laughs> no, but you know what's weird is all these I'm, – I'm reading and I've even heard from a few people who are saying, well, of course, you know, the movie did great. I mean that was obvious and so obviously everyone's going to copy it. I don't think that even super fans thought that it was going to make 130 plus in its no. opening holiday weekend and that it was going to basically reset the – bean counters on what is supposed to happen in february right right yeah i'm like i'm genuinely shocked at how well this did and i assumed it would do well because their marketing was genius it was genius and you know that's a thing though we don't know what its second and third week is going to be i'm really wondering about the drop-off yeah because this is a good example i mean there have been other films of none of which do i have on um you know on hand to, t- to reference but there have been other films that had great marketing campaigns and it brought a lot of people in the first weekend but they didn't have repeat absolutely and, yeah but then again a lot of those projects didn't have super fans who would go 10 times right well and that's one of the things about the the deadpool fans is they are willing to put their money where their mouth is when it comes to that character. And I could see them going back over and over, particularly where I've heard this one is as good as it is. You know, they put their tickets for all the different showings in different pockets and pouches that they have. Right? <laughs> <laughs> They're committed. The, the, the Liefeld pouches. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we won't talk too much about the film since you have, haven't been able to see it. Yes, I got I... to see it on a pre-screening here in San Francisco and, uh, Fancy, um, fancy, I went fancy. In, wait, oh yes. <laughs> I was I was I don't like the character, but I said I'm gonna go support an R rated, irreverent, um just ridiculous superhero movie out right. of principle. So I, I supported it by going to a free showing. So um <laughs> But did you buy anything to eat while you were there? <clears throat> oh, I bought a metric ton of stuff. There you go. Soon liquid and solid. Because um, it's that same place, the Alamo Draft House. I mean, so you, you were out. supporting the theater, which you like and support anyway. So, yeah. Um, the I did also recently get a, a a free screening option for a movie, Witches. Right, the it's Witch. The Witch. Witching. Witches, Witches was the Roald Dahl movie from. 
with Angelica Houston and that little that little mouse that was the little fat boy. Like, that lady promised me one chocolate bar. <laughs> oh, man, because I've been having imagery of some witch movie where all, they're all teenage girls wearing black thigh highs and... And uh, I believe that's the craft craft, but I'm picturing it with that dialogue and that voice. And I'm really confused. What could have been better? That would have been an excellent movie. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, they didn't ask us, though. No, sadly. So anyway, uh, I went into that movie thinking, eh, and then, and you'll probably have heard this from more than one person, but it was probably 10 seconds into the opening credits, and I was crying. Really? It's that good? I LOL'd out loud. And it was <laughs> I had a great time. It was right great. on. So anyway, so but okay. So about this R-rated thing. So uh, my buddy that I saw it with Blake. I mean, we were talking about this. Like, okay, so now we're going to see this whole, you know, this onslaught of movies that are going to come out and try to emulate it because right. they just, I don't know. It's, it's sort of like a, a well, it's like a lot of things. It's very, it's it's very regressive. They go back to what worked and then tailor everything to that, missing the point of what made it good, right? Absolutely. And, and James Gunn just had a had a interview that came out a day or two ago where he's he's talking about the fact that he can tell right out of the gate he loved that movie, but he can tell right out of the gate it's going to spawn a bunch of uh, you know executives twisting other projects on all the wrong ways, right? Right. R rated and swearing and fourth wall. And none of those things are why the Deadpool movie works. No. It works because it has a vision that is consistent. It feels like a thing. Yeah, it's true to the character and it is – I mean it, it's solidly plotted and planned throughout in terms of what the people going in to see that movie want to see. It's, you didn't even it's, see it. You didn't see the movie. You I know. haven't seen it, but the reviews I've read <laughs> – Well, and it feels like – it does feel like – the that you know how they made that that uh, little test footage and they leaked it and got everybody excited about it. Right. It does feel like they bucked the system and made the movie they wanted to make somehow with someone's money and they didn't take any notes and it's exactly what they wanted. It's this big singular vision kind of the way I visualize George Miller doing uh, um, Fury Road, right? Oh yeah, like, like it's just someone he's like, give me the money and, and go away and don't tell me. <laughs> it, it feels that way, and I've read later all the compromises they had to make and last minute reductions in their budget and. and Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, rewrites that went back to PG rating and back and forth. So the fact that they managed to pull off something that feels like it wasn't messed with is an incredible thing. And that's what I think Gunn was saying, because all that stuff that they talk about right now about it, you know, that it's irreverent and it's talking to the audience and it's playful jabs at Marvel and all this. Guardians of the Galaxy already did that. Right. And we already are seeing a litany of projects emulating that already, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like that's a foreign concept in comic book films. Right. But he, you know, and and I thought his point was was a good one, which is that, you know, audiences are already looking at other projects that seem to be derivative of Guardians of the Galaxy and don't seem too excited about them. Because it's very obvious that you're imitating the form and not the, well, I don't know. Functions the, the right word, yeah, but you know the, the heart the, of the, the thematic core of what made the made the story work. Right. So that's the thing: the R rating bandwagon, and we'll see what happens. We've already seen it today. Yeah, they said Wolverine three is going to be R rated, which I'm okay with that one. Actually, it's not like it needed to be, but at the same time, I do like the idea of that. Um, one thing that really bothered Hugh Jackman in the last film is they wouldn't let him smoke cigars. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm okay with a rated R Wolverine just to see him smoke a friggin' cigar on the screen. But is that a rating thing or that? that is, is I believe that PC. is a rating thing. Is it really? Yeah. Which is asinine. All of these projects, Wolverine is the one that I wanted to see with a harder rating, specifically because, you know, I would read the stories about him and you kind of fill in the blanks and they, they go through a lot of sort of generic slashing and blood splattering in the comics, but it's not very, it's not particularly literal, right? right? Unless it's a character with regeneration like Deadpool, he takes a head off of him or whatever, right? Right. But, But when I've gone to draw him, I've always gone I've gone there, right? Like I've, right. I've had him decapitate someone and then you see the you know the cross section and it's really horrible because he's got the infinitely sharp claws and a lot of strength behind it and whatever and so you you go to a you go to a place in a stylized superhero world where suddenly the the edged weapons are doing something. Absolutely. Of yeah. all the characters with swords and knives <clears throat> and things in Marvel comics, you know, he's the one that they make a point of well, you know, he's really you know, and you see some artists. The, the one that always gets me, it's not when they've slashed him open. I mean, if you've ever had any mishaps with a knife, you know that <laughs> being cut even in a small way is a very scary thing. Absolutely. You see, that, you see everything come apart and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it really is just my meat and my bones and I can take them apart, right? Right. But what gets me in the comics isn't even like – you know, I've seen some, some, some bad stuff where he's slashing people. What really gets me is when an artist shows him where he sunk them into like something thick like a chest cavity right. or – or an upper thigh, and he sunk him in almost to the knuckle, right? Right. Just no. Like it just feels so tangibly wrong. Right. I want to see that in Wolverine movie. <laughs> exactly. Instead of this this quick cutaway or him just slicing the gun into three pieces. <laughs> and... <laughs> I hate that stuff. How do, the, how do the physics work on slicing a gun? It's not butter. No. It is when you've got adamantium <laughs> claws, mother. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there's that. Uh, what about you? Anything on your plate? Um, I did notice some interesting casting for the new Star Wars, which has started filming now. I don't know if you saw that they'd added Laura, Laura Dern and Benicio Del Toro to the cast. Well, Benicio Del Toro was, was on for quite a while, but no one knew what kind of character he was playing. And I oh, kinda, really? Is he the, is he the, you know, the, the guy with the white cape or, you know, who knows? All right. Stuff about um, but Laura Dern came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's a very strange choice. I would never have guessed that she would be in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's kind of strange. But I mean, I, who's to say? Yeah, we can't judge. We don't know. Right. Ryan Johnson makes good choices. He does. I like everything he's done that I've seen so far. And what we've seen is his first choice was to recreate the last scene of the previous movie. Right. With more beard, right? <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> it's not 100% there. <laughs> We're going to talk about more Star Wars stuff in a little bit. Of course we are, right? Because uh, reasons. Of but, course. But uh, in in the most recent viewing of that film, I just couldn't get over the fact that people were writing that, you know, oh, you know, Mark, Mark Hamill didn't even have any dialogue, but he did a movie's worth of acting in one scene. And I thought, well, <laughs> actually that's like community theater, right? Cause he was like, Oh, Oh, you're, oh, you found me. Oh, right. It's, it's like <laughs> all these different facial, <laughs> facial expressions, you know, and she's just standing there. Take it. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> she it felt like she held out that lightsaber for an infinitely long time as it zoomed away and twirled off into space and you <laughs> held like a milk jug or something from you know and your wife doesn't take it from you or something. Milk jug's too heavy. Something even minor. <laughs> well, a bunch of bananas for 5 minutes. Right. That's the principle of physics that is why I don't like the gun being cut in 3. <laughs> Adamantium, right. man. Ad- <laughs> when? How did you say that when you were growing up? Adamantium. You did, huh? Yeah. I always misread it as adamantium. Adamantium, huh? And I never said adamantium until maybe a few years ago, and I realized, and I thought, wait a minute, is it an Adam Ant reference, or did they just <laughs> like what? Yeah, I'm not really sure where they got that title from. Like, I always saw it as Adam. Antium, and I don't know. I have no idea where that came from. Someone on the internet knows, right? Stan, I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> I'm not going to look it up because our last podcast, you did some clickety clack. Hey, and I heard. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, serious reasons, but we heard from we heard from our seven listeners, or actually, our nearly what fifty something listeners. At actually, least one. we're up to over seventy listeners now, oh, consistently. <laughs> by 2032 we will get up to magic number of 333 that's my goal <laughs> and then we so, shut it down we shut it down <laughs> so i heard from at least two you guys lay off the keyboards everything else is great and i'm like it was a thing there was a thing happening yeah i just had my keyboard in the wrong place and i didn't realize it was picking it up was really the problem like right now i can type and it doesn't pick it up. <laughs> Before we started recording, I had the setting on our on our super super rad microphones. I had it set to the wrong thing, and while I was waiting to log in, I was hearing clearer than I expected. I was hearing stuff from the TV playing in the other room that my lovely wife was watching. And what was odd is I don't hear it, but the microphone hears it. Uh, that's. I don't know. That's a ringing endorsement for this product. Adamantium was created by writer Roy Thomas and artist Barry Windsor Smith and Sid Shores in the Avengers 66 from July of 1969. And it was originally presented as part of Ultron's outer shell. We don't even have to look it up. You just had that. I just knew that. Yeah. I was just waiting for you to stop talking so I could crack out that little gem of wisdom. There it is. It's your only (laughs) chance. You took it. <laughs> That's right. the only thing I know. And actually it sounds like it's possibly coming from the word adamant. Yeah. Which makes sense. Uh, all right. And okay. then eum of course, and so it's adamantium. And that actually makes sense when you think about it that way. It does. It also makes sense why we have 3 and 4 hour podcast recording. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Our podcasts about- are all approximately an hour to an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about BB-8 version 3. That's what I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, tell me about this. I didn't actually click through on that link that you posted on robot-kraken.com. Which tell site me was more that? about it. Robot-kraken.com. <laughs> exactly how much Kraken rum is in that can. Robot-kraken. Can- <laughs> I can see you. And uh, the can is swelling like it's it's got, you know, there's botulism happening there, but I know it's open. So that means there's that much more rum in there. That's entirely from that that little Willy Wonka thing I put in it and it's turning violet. You're turning violet. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to acknowledge that reference. So BB-8 version three, as you know, I bought version one 
And then I saw my son lawn bowling with it. And I said, okay, it's going back. And then I bought version two, which is the one that they've got in the room and they dress it up and it's different. And then I went. I thought you bought three different versions so far. Dose? Dose. In California, we say dose, it means two. Oh, is that what that uh, means? (laughs) So then I went back and bought the first one again because I couldn't deal. (laughs) Right. Because it's so cute and it's, you know, whatever. And so. And remember, my thing about it was that, oh, it doesn't have a speaker. It's coming right. out of your phone. But it's such a wonderful thing. I had to have it anyway, so I did. But the one thing it doesn't do is it doesn't, like, find you. You can't yell at it and say, you know, you know BBA, come here, and it won't come find you, right? Okay. When it's on patrol mode, it's off screwing off doing whatever Right. Doing. Losing its head more often than not. <laughs> and also, it's very small and cute. Well, this new version 3, set to come out in fall 2016, is huge really it's like the size of a dog like a small dog not even a small dog maybe a medium dog i don't know the dog measurements but it's a medium (laughs) you don't have your your dog to robot scale poster hanging up in your office (laughs) (laughs) i really want to draw that with all my free time so my friend my friends have a a chihuahua and a great dane and it's really screwed me up because i don't know how big dogs are supposed to be uh, yeah, all so, of our dogs weigh over around 100 pounds plus, so it's I have no concept of scale in terms of dog to droid either. <laughs> so if you go to a site robot-kraken.com, you will see a graphic that I posted in which in which they show a human kneeling down to like a silhouette of a human kneeling down to the supposedly scale uh image of BB8 version 3. And it's like they're kneeling down to talk to a child, like it's that big. Yeah, it's uh, according to the website, it said it was 16 inches tall. That's smaller. It's than that smaller than sh- that graphic makes it look. However, here's the thing. It has an, a much more expanded roaming mode. You can call to it and it will come and find you. Nice. Right? So to me, that's that's the mother load, right? Yeah. All I want of autonomous, expensive robot-like toys is that they will come to me when I call for them. (laughs) Bring me a beer. All you ask for out of a toy is for it to respond like an animal. (laughs) (laughs) If it has a lighter as a hand, I'm even more excited. But so, and then also it comes with like a Wii controller, right? So you can wave it around. Oh, that's cool. Because the the, the iPhone controller controls on the one I have is, they're a little bit hard to, uh, I don't know. The learning curve is steep enough that the casual user like me will continually cause it to lose its head. So right. take that as you will. <laughs> so BB-8 version 3 coming out at the end of the year, about 180 bucks. That's but, not too bad, actually. No, given that the little guy I have is 150 bucks. Yeah. Right? And I think they each have their own, uh, you know, pros and cons. But This I'm guy's like a, f- a solid foot taller than the one you have. With features. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see if it... it has the level of finish that yours has, the Sphero one. I agree. Because that is a gorgeous toy. No, that's exactly right. And you really notice it again when I got the $35 one for my kids, and then I got this one again. (laughs) I'm like, oh, man, it looks really good. So there it is. Huh. Over there on the desk pulsing right now, (laughs) judging our podcast. Judging you. Just kind of doing the thing where it twitches its its head, Uh, uh, you know. It's a little uncomfortable. It's being torn between two masters, right? (laughs) Right. Between me and nothing. <laughs> I could escape if only I could get back up on this desk to charge myself. <laughs> well, this makes me want to just see that movie again, actually. So, all right, For what the, else? the third time? 
Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm threatening to do it. I might take my daughter and my pal Carl. Ah, my so, pal Carl. If we can make it work. Carl <laughs> is the guy that in college we concocted the scheme to do a nightly, a night, you know, like a middle of the night radio show in which in which we talked about news of the day in the entertainment world and reviewed movies. Right on. And, they, and the local station said you could have Sunday night 3 to 5 a.m. And we said, eh. We didn't do it. Crime time. That led to website, (laughs) monkeyversusrobot.com, which in turn led to a lot of the content of the R3 forum, which in turn, in a way, gave birth, gave a big messy home birth to (laughs) robot-dosh-dosh-kraken. It was a really extended labor on that birth. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was long enough to raise children and to have children. (laughs) Right. What else? What else is new? Well, well, while we're talking about star-based themes, what, okay. let's move on to Star Trek. All right, let's do that. An easy transition. Look at that, think... a segue. We don't know what those are on Robot-Kraken. Free <laughs> <laughs> association thinking only here. Exactly. And also, you can't segue from Star Wars to Star Trek without at least 27 of our 71 plus or minus listeners being outraged. <laughs> right? Oh, three quarters of them are outraged that there's new Star Trek, period. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. Probably so. So tell me about the new Star Trek. Well, they have announced a new showrunner for it. And that new showrunner is Brian Fuller, who I adore. Tell me what you love about his work. I, uh, well, he started on Voyager and Deep Space. Well, he started on, he, yeah, he started on Deep Space Nine. Uh, he wrote a couple of like spec scripts and they picked him up on that. He worked on Voyager for a while. He wrote three or four episodes, I think, Mm. but I know him because he's the creator of Pushing Daisies and he did the excellent, but sadly not picked up, uh, Mockingbird Lane pilot for the, the reboot of the Munsters. He also he does Hannibal, which I've only okay. seen the first half of the season of it of the first season, but uh-huh. it's a it's an excellent series. Uh, he's also he got he's got his hand in so many things right now; it's ridiculous. He's also rebooting the new Amazing Stories series that they're coming out with, which is a reboot of the one from the eighties. And despite that, we're still excited. Yes. Hey, I liked Amazing Stories, man. Had that computer-generated night in the opening credits. That was fancy. (laughs) That was that was the one where they put all their money into the visual, like 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 the cartoonist willing the the landing gear to appear, (laughs) and that was it for the episode, right? (laughs) Right, right. So, so uh, pushing daisies. I've never seen it, but I've seen oh, you have Well, because I don't know, yeah. You know I am. It's cute. a pretty great movie or TV series. It's got a really gorgeous visual aesthetic. It's yeah, it's very. That. It's Burton esque. It's got some Soderbergh aspect to it. It's got um, Ronan the Accuser in it, right? What's that? It's got Ronan the Accuser in it. It does. It has Ronan the Accuser when he's adorable and not accusing, <laughs> and it's got Anna Friel, who I really uh-huh. like a lot. What is, what else has she done, by the way? Uh, off the top of my head, let me think here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> with that silent keyboard yes i don't know what you're talking about uh she was also in limitless she's oh, okay. done a lot of television stuff uh the saboteurs american odyssey uh 
God, what? It, I don't know if she's been in anything you would know, but it seems like you like her for some reason. So maybe I'm just aware of her from news about Pushing Daisies. It could very well be. She was in the Land of the Lost movie that I no. never watched. Actually, I didn't mind that movie. Really? No one else didn't mind that movie, though. So <laughs> that's the end of that. Okay, so uh, the other thing about the Star Trek uh uh, project that I'm interested in is in 2013 or so, I guess he mm-hmm. was saying that if he had the chance to, to uh, take the reins of a new series, the first thing he would do is cast Angela Bassett. I like that. The captain. And, and I'm there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Brian Fuller's a really interesting guy. He was born in Idaho. Okay. Besides um, that, what else? He also, um, he also did dead like me. Groups? I don't know if you ever saw dead like me. But like he um, he did that series as well. Is that the one about the girl that is death or something like that? I have never seen it, to be honest. So I have no idea. It's you popular, throw, You can't though. throw references I out. I have it. Imadaba <laughs> that you had, you know, not seen. Uh, the, the thing I really like about Brian Fuller is he's he awesome. has some incredibly awesome ideas about ways to incorporate death and relationships and love into his series that you don't see on a lot of other television programs. So it's going to be really interesting to see someone who is an unabashed Star Trek fanboy, but has really unique ideas about television taking over something like Star Trek. Uh, This will be really interesting. I wasn't, I wasn't a uh, Trekkie. Mm-hmm. But I considered myself, I guess, a techie if I had to have the label, right? <laughs> I like the tech. I like the idea of the ships. I like to struggle with the physics and the, in the you know, the false technology that they would throw out there. Right. I played the tactical board game. I didn't play a role playing game. I played a tactical board game. That's where <laughs> I, that's where I went with that, right? Right. However, as an as an adult, adulting as I do, the success of a Star Trek show or a movie is a human core, right? There's a thematic core that makes it relatable like all good science fiction. Right. And when and while there is a uh you know, when things are good, there's a singular vision about how things look and act and from a technology side, what really makes Star Trek shows work is that you have some that there's some human element to it that draws you in. And right. The good Star Trek projects were about the people in a way that was compelling. Even Next Generation, so for my age, that was the one that rebooted the series and made it. Um, How how could you do that? Uh, Yeah, apparently something... Don't start watching Pushing Daisies right now. (laughs) How did you know that was Pushing Daisies if you've never seen it, sir? (laughs) (laughs) No, but for for people of my age, Next Generation was what, like, rebooted that rebooted that, that franchise and said, well, this is how you really do it, right? Because it was so modern feeling at the time. Right. But as especially as the first season has been criticized, you know, it was as boring as all hell and really all, but there were elements of it that were, were, there were characterization there. I mean, there were, there were elements to those stories, especially as it got its legs, right? Yes. It made you as interested about what the crew was doing and saying and interacting with each other as the theoretical problem to be uh, neatly solved by the end of the episode. (laughs) Right. And, and, and in some ways that's, part of what made me fall off of deep space nine because it was so good about capturing political intrigue and and messy border conflicts and all the stuff that was happening in the day and still is absolutely um a lot of the the character development sort of to me was was pushed to the background of 
a very plot focused story, which normally I would like, but for some reason I didn't. So So I don't know. I don't know about this, but I think his, it sounds to me like his, his worldview is going to make that project interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly, it really should be. Uh, That's one of the things I really did like about pushing daisies is it had a really solid overarching plot to each season. And then uh, the, each element of each episode was still kind of a self-contained story but it progressed the full plot line for each season which i think is a really important thing when you're doing serialized television like that sure it's like the big picture and the small picture right right well and angela Bassett. i mean when she was in strange days that's what that's what did it for me she was so – so I did not love that movie, but I really liked her in that. I was a cyberpunk guy, and so there were parts of that movie that I was lo- I was loving and parts I didn't. But um, she was – I mean she was everything right about um, not so much cyberpunk fiction, but cyberpunk role-playing and, and yeah. you know, this really uh, confident yet vulnerable, powerful character – um, a female playing a role that often is associated with men. Right. right. Especially um, during that time frame. Sure. And uh, and just so amazing. I mean, she looks like some – it looks like – you know what? She's another one of these uh, these uh, actors where they look the way um, I would dr- – like I or someone would draw someone, right? Like yeah. her cheekbones are very high and she's these really exotic eyes. And I instantly wanted her a storm. And when oh, they actually started talking about for that. God, and they even talked about, like, maybe she could be Storm or whatever. They talked to her a little bit, supposedly. Didn't work out because of Halle Berry or something. But uh, (laughs) but I wanted her to be Storm. Absolutely. She would have been amazing as that. Because Storm needs that that regal goddess look. And Angela Bassett totally has that. And a maternal, a little bit maternal, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So she's in some, she's in one of the science fiction shows now, right? Angela Bassett? I have no idea, to be honest. What does Imadiba think? So, I don't know. She's in something. Let I mean, me... I don't remember which one. If it's Extend or Let me... one of the one of the shows that's out that I'm not seeing because I don't have cable. Let me summon Imadiba and see what they tell me here. Um, talk, I'll say that her. Oh, she's in American Horror Story. Actually, she's yeah. been in that for quite a while now. Um, beyond that's... that, it looks like the only other thing was. Uh, it's a TV mini series called Close to the Anime. Anime. No. No. <laughs> and she plays Eva in that. And that, that comes out this year. And it does look like that's some sort of science fiction type thing. It's got Alfie Allen in it who plays mm-hmm. What's His Face in Game of Thrones. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good old What's His Face. <laughs> good old. <laughs> poor. Poor. poor uh, what, what are they calling now? Rot or. Uh... What's his Reek. character's name? Reek. Reek. Do you know Reek. he's Lily Allen's brother? I do know that. I think that's that, why... that blows me away every time I remember that. <laughs> it took me the whole first season of his being on Game of Thrones for me to get over that, right? Because I just yeah. put him, you know, in his room, smoking out, playing games, hitting her head, whatever. Right. <laughs> She's talking about her, <laughs> her brother, her dear brother, Mon Frere. <laughs> right. Well, and the other takeaway from the the Brian Fuller, his previous plan for it, is that he also wanted Rosario Dawson on the cast. Didn't he even say, 
like Angela Bassett as the captain and Rosario Dawson as the first first mate. officer. Yeah, but yeah. And then um, immediately there was a new rule that was created, like Rule sixty six. <laughs> Brian Fuller's whatever he wants to talk about Star Trek. I mean, I'm okay with <laughs> yeah, that. I can't even imagine <laughs> the cons would just implode if they did that. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's enough about that. What else? How about Legos? Legos. I have thoughts about this. They've been talking about. I have I have torn thoughts about it. You're the expert. Yeah, I, I they've they've obviously New York Toy Fair is going on, so there's all yep. sorts of toy news coming out. Lego's really the only thing I've really hyper focused on because sure. that's what I focus on. I I don't have a lot of expendable income for toys, no. but Legos aren't toys. No, no, Legos are building blocks to the future. Sure, <laughs> sure, and they're, right, and they're and they're sort of like mind thread, right? Right. Well, and and they've they've released a new one. Uh, it's Hoth. I can't. Is it called Battle on Hoth or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. And it's it's part of their Ultima Collectors series, which is essentially just a way of saying these are damn ass expensive sets with lots of pieces and typically they're these super elaborate sexy building models of the ships and that kind of unlike your ghostbusters uh fire station right right and like this the slave one that right i like how you say yours i don't have that tom thanks for driving that by (laughs) but that's what you're that's what you're 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 cooking uh key hooks with a robot that's making more. Yes, I'm hooks, cooking right? meth so that I yes. can get that. I'm breaking bad for the firehouse. <laughs> as, as you know, as someone who's, I mean, obviously, I've, I've, I've gotten back into building Legos myself, as you know. But no, but you know, as someone who's primarily doing it because their kids are of the age to do it, I'm looking at this from that perspective, not right. as an adult Lego collector like you, adultish, but also as, <laughs> but as a parent with kids, and I have to say. It made me think vignettes versus ships. Absolutely. Right? Because I looked at that whole spread and I thought, well, okay. It's like a series of little vignettes. It is. And, you know, and you're spending a lot of money and you get a bunch of little things. And, and and you know, my brain, I want the I want the big ship. Yeah. I want the thing that you're working on, right? Even as I do more and more of these and I realize that they're just building up bulk. So you're, you're doing all this. <laughs> yeah. oh, I got the yellow piece over there and I got to make, why is there a yellow piece on the stars? Right. Know. It's like Keep so going. totally random. Build it up, right? <laughs> just building it up. Sort of like making a raft to get off the island. Right. right. <laughs> but, but I have to say kids, my, like the, the age my kids are four to six vignettes are much more interesting to them. That set, they would love a lot more. Their attention span is so short. That being able to sit there for 15 minutes and build the the ion cannon or whatever it oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And walk away is is great for them. Because we work on the bigger ship for a little while. And then my son steals parts of it and runs right. off. And my daughter is, I don't know, putting flowers on it. And next thing you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> we're done for the day. Yeah, you don't so. have that those milestones that you can get that sense of accomplishment where you're like, okay, I built just the shield generator today, but we finished it. And I think from a kid's point of view, this type of set increases the playability dramatically, too. I mean, yeah, it, it's not for kids, though, right? Because it's that special series. Well, and, you know, the the build is a little more complex is really the main thing with that. And they, they call it that just because of the sheer piece count. There's like mm. 2,400 pieces in that thing. So it's a giant set. Yeah. But... 
if oh, wow. it, if it's anything like the newer ones that they've been coming out with, they're still pieced away in the separate baggies. Sure and so thing. you pull out the one thing and you pull out the one section of the book and build it. So it seems like from that point of view, it should be a pretty great set for people that actually play with their toys still. Sure. Well, let me say this. If they broke that into smaller sets, I would be the first in line for a shield generator because oh, yeah. I've always thought that was cool and I would love to have one like on the desk. Uh, yeah, I would love like yeah. the shield generator and just the like one of those little pods with the guns on the top yeah, or yeah, something sure. like that. Yeah, <laughs> I have one from uh, my daughter, I guess, or my son technically has it from the Star Wars advent calendar. He's got the little mini version. Oh, right on. Nice. But so also, uh, and you might find this on robot-kraken.com. What I really like is they've got the white protocol droid, and then they have uh, one of the R2 units that's a different one of those other variants. Oh, okay. That's a really interesting ones that the, the Star Wars figure collector and me would right. be excited to have, you know, and they have it as Legos. With that right. It's not another R2-D2 and right. yeah. That white, that white C-3PO type was pretty cool. <laughs> Um, sort of related, uh, Hasbro is, I think it's Hasbro, right? They're doing this thing where they're make they're making a big, uh, show of releasing this next gen of, of Star Wars toys that are all featuring Ray. We talked about this last time. It's really embarrassing. Yeah. Really embarrassing. I'm not racist or whatever. You know? Right, right. I have black friends. I like know. women. <laughs> so here's so the latest one, which was really embarrassing, was they just announced they made they made a point of making a press release to announce that they were adding Ray to future editions of Star Wars Monopoly. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Good work, male executives in our room. Right. Fantastic. Which which did you eliminate when you put her in? Did you eliminate Darth Vader who wasn't in the film except for a mangled <laughs> helmet, or did you eliminate? Uh, Luke Skywalker, who was only in at the last second and did 30 minutes of acting and, right. uh, and had a beard and didn't look like the Return of the Jedi version that you put in. Yeah, if, Which, if you go by their original logic, they must have gotten rid of one of the good guys because that's why there were only two good guys and two bad guys to begin with. Garbage. <laughs> Absolute garbage. And I, and, I, and I posited on our site, I think, that the, what they should have done is Eaton Crow and said, you know what? All right, we screwed up. Anybody who's bought this set, we're going to send you a ray anyway. Hmm. And uh, and and in future and in future kits, it will be included. It'll be like a fifth figure. Why does it have to be four? Right? Yeah, I'm sure they would have done something where they're like, if you still have your receipt and yeah. that little card that comes yeah. with the instruction yeah. book, find the UPC code of the box you threw away. Right. <laughs> Six months later. Yeah. Well, anyway, embarrassing, but I'm glad it exists. I'm not going to buy that set until. There's a ray in it. I've banned Monopoly from my household, so it doesn't really matter to me either way. <laughs> well, why would you do that? You're a big fan of capitalism. My wife turns into a monster playing Monopoly. She won't you... let you quit, uh-huh. but she'll okay. she'll continue loaning you money just so that she can continue to dominate. <laughs> and when I was a kid growing up, we never played with the hotels or houses. Uh, Which is weird. I don't know why, but apparently we wanted the game to last 17 years because that's the only way you can go broke without a hotel. Combines and burning cars. Right. (laughs) My California version of Idaho. So (laughs) you want to see madness. We should pit your wife against my son because we have, I mean, we have Monopoly. Right. Marvel Marvel Comics Monopoly, which is my, my favorite. And then we have, you know, the co- rare comics are the pieces. Okay. And then we have recently for Christmas, we got Minions Monopoly. So it's one of the junior Monopoly sets, sort of like the Star Wars one. Oh, my okay. son 
my son goes ape shit. He's just <laughs> he wants the rules to change every time. And then he starts to get you know someone else gets gets some money because they landed on a thing and he's going to flip the table, right? <laughs> so I would love to see him go against your wife and and whoever comes out on two legs. They're about the same height, so. Yeah, <laughs> and BB-8 is is either at their waist or their knee, depending on <laughs> right the image. That, depending on that silhouette that's drawn next to sure. him. It just all depends on what a medium-sized dog is, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Here's another thing. Here's another thing. This is a perfect segue. Medium-sized dogs. Yes. Uh, Daniel Craig's ego. <laughs> Not quite a... Maybe some would say a big-sized dog's ego. I'm saying a medium-sized dog's ego. I actually think he has a little dog syndrome type he thing does. going on. Which is odd because he was he was kind of a little dog in his first film that I saw. Right. And, and then he bulked up into uh you know king cobra body right 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 come out water and smash things up (laughs) anyway so he's been whining that he wants to get out of the franchise for a while right he did that in those for like three installments now right he's he's the only thing that's worse than celebrities who whine that they don't have privacy when their celebrity is their product right? right He's he's the celebrity who signs on to a multi-picture franchise and then says, well, I want to do theater. You know, give me a break. <laughs> James Bond. Just enjoy the James Bondness of it for a while. Yeah. Anyway, that's fine, though. It's his opinion. You know, it, people have the right to change their minds or, or have a different, you know, attitude about things. That's fine. But when you slag the project that you're in, I, I don't like that. It really turns right. me off when you do that. I haven't seen Spectre, but I saw those some of those interviews where he's – on, he's being very honest. He's expressing his frustration and his exhaustion. He just wants to right. Wow. Also, I've subsequently heard some reviews that Spectre wasn't great. So maybe <laughs> he kind of felt like he was just being dragged through the gear, the gear works, you know? <laughs> right. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that his his comments about that movie in particular are one of those few times. Well, it's not really few times, but it's one of those times where I really wish I didn't have access to all of the internet news that I have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it would be kind of nice to not know that kind of shit going into a movie. Because sometimes the behind-the-scenes stuff can so color your impression of a film that oh, it can be so negative. Actually, that happens to me quite a bit. It's It happens to me with... Music and uh, TV and film, the the my awareness not only of the set drama but also the politics of the people right really start to affect me somehow on some not on others. I'll I'll watch Tom Cruise films, uh, you know, <laughs> as far as the day is long, even though he's he's nuts. But at the same time, Orson Scott Card, who I used to love yeah. as a fiction writer, I can't I can't pick up a book because he's so homophobic and just, just a, such a bitter little pill douchebag yeah <laughs> so speaking of bitter pills craig daniel craig is saying oh you know whatever i'm tired of this thing and then they were saying that they were going to roll right into the next film the final film in his contract and, right and I, I guess it maybe didn't happen but so he signs on to a new tv series mm-hmm. purist the purist maybe purity i think purity something like that and so, of course, you know, the, the latest round of rumor about that is that he's obviously going to leave the franchise. And I thought if, you know, at most, it might be a ploy to get them to stall. Right. Right. You can't you can't throw me back into the into the sausage factory if sausage factory. Daniel Craig <laughs> went out of the water. <laughs> Speedo. So blue pants. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you can't throw me into that again because I'm going to do this TV series. Very important. So maybe that's what he's doing. I don't know. But. 
what I like is all the stuff about people saying Idris Elba, Idris or Idris. We should have looked it up. I, yeah, we we never look it up. <clears throat> we don't do that. I'll find but, a um, I'll find a supercut of the pronunciation of his name. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Go nuts. So, um, you know, people were saying, well, he could make a good Bond, and then. I don't remember whoever it was. That, so I don't think it could be some sort of producer or yeah. some shit like He's, that. He's yeah. street and immediately everyone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Marketing department. Get involved. <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't mean street. I meant black. I mean, <laughs> British. That's what it is. He's too even British. Worse, even worse, he tried to follow it up with a naming another black actor. But he yeah. Didn't work. What's that say? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I love Idris or I, or, or, or it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, he's rumored to die in the next Thor movie. That's a spoiler, by the way. <gasps> what? Outrageous. Yes. But I love that guy, and and I love the idea of him being a Bond. I'm Me totally on too. Uh, they just released a trailer for Bastille Day, which is that film that was delayed because it involves terror attacks in Paris. And so oh, this, yeah. Um, and, you know, it looks like a fairly middle-of-the-road born clone because all thrillers now look like born clones and i have no problem with that but james bond looks like a born clone so therefore this movie seems like it's almost a sort of a sort of a test of what he would be like in a thriller like a james bond film i'd be down with i i i'll have to check that out so anyway if daniel craig goes and i actually really enjoy him in that role but if he were to go i would love for them to slide into I'd love to slide into Idris Elba. It's Idris. That's chat room talk for you, Chris. Idris Elba. Idris. Idris Elba. With that's a what short I, I. That's what I've been meaning all along when I yes. say it. So, You'd anyway. like to slide into Idris. You say that. You know, it's funny. The first time I ever saw him was in that uh, Mumford and Sons music video where he plays <laughs> the blind guy that suddenly has sight. And my wife happened to walk past while that was playing, and she's like, she was like captivated by him in that, and the amount of wonder and the, I, she was just like, I don't know who this guy is, but I want to know more about him. <laughs> Did you see the latest mean tweets? No, I haven't. The music people and uh, and uh, when Mumford and Sons were reading their mean tweet, it said something. I paraphrase badly, but this is something like you know. You know, I was in a restaurant and they started playing Mumford and Sons and this is music that makes you, you know, makes you talk about change and, and you know, changing things in your life and you and really strong emotional pulls to to do something. So I went to a different restaurant <laughs> or something like that. I didn't do it justice. Trust me, if you read it or you saw it, you would think it was hilarious. Yeah, that was too many letters for a tweet, dude. <laughs> It's typical of me. I would find 333 letters in a, in a, in a current era tweet. So, uh, so let me ask you this though. Speaking of letters, yes. speaking of letter D, what did you think of Daredevil season two trailer part one? I'm super excited. How excited are you? I am. You're like honey whiskey excited or just? I'm I'm full on up? two liter Kraken excited here. <laughs> <laughs> I love Barenthal as the Punisher. I think he's a solid, solid cast. I've only seen the pilot of Walking Dead, and he owned it. He was, so, yeah, he's he's got just the right amount of, like, charming menace about him, which I yeah. really like. 
And I think the Daredevil costume looks much better in action than the lighting and not the stupid mood lighting, right? Right. But it doesn't have a fluorescent lamp over it or whatever. It looks a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I was really happy with how much better it looked in this trailer than anything I've seen previously. And it had. I had an epiphany that uh, I was so outraged that it wasn't the red costume before and that it was this mishmash of red and black. But now it looks more black than red. It does. Which is more consistent with his, I mean, the, you know, his choices. Yeah, the Why red looks a lot darker first, on film. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, it looks, you, you know what that trailer made me think? It was like, it It was, we'd seen all the pieces so far. Like we'd seen that casting for Punisher. Mm-hmm. We'd seen the electric casting. We've, we've, we've seen the general thematic tone of it that if the Daredevil, if Daredevil season one was already halfway to Punisher, what the hell is Punisher going to be like? Right. <laughs> right. And then they finally come out with the pro- – I mean I loved the church stained glass window teaser. That they yeah, it was had. unique. Was, it was a cool way of doing very, it. And fading out to the skull and everything. That was great. Yeah. But this trailer was like confirmation that what you hoped they were going to do, that they actually did it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, and as a parent, I got to say they they hit the – nail on the head when he's doing the nursery rhyme or the, whatever the little children's book the children's book uh uh phrases to himself as he's like loading his gun yeah the the only thing so i have terrible. to say about that is that the the title of the children's book one batch two batch is a terrible name for a book <laughs> but sure? Sure? <laughs> it feels like it could be about the history of the cotton gin right <laughs> <laughs> cotton picking <laughs> for children <laughs> The only thing they could have done to make it better is if they had used the little golden book version of your horror alphabet. (laughs) (laughs) B is for boomstick. (laughs) P is for punishment. (laughs) T is for... T is for... Oh, forget it. (laughs) So... I don't know. Something I forget it. Anyway, the point is the point is it could have been better only if it had, had more electric in it, and we're gonna get that in part two. Yeah, I assume it, it's interesting the way they did that, where they're like part two coming soon. Yeah, it was a and, little Oh yeah, also there's gonna be a series attached. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit heavy handed. We didn't need to know that stay tuned. Right. <laughs> Watch these other YouTube commercials while we Yeah, we, we live on the internet. We know there's another trailer when it's out. <laughs> but it was to see Elodie Young, uh, if that's how we pronounce her name. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> in that character. And so she was probably the best thing about that most recent G.I. Joe, right? Did you see that movie? I saw it, but I genuinely don't know who she was in it. She was Jinx? Is that Jinx? Jinx? Oh, shit. Really? She was, on a hills, she was on a mountainside. Yeah. Slashity slash. Yeah, right? she was excellent in that. That scene in particular was really G.I. Joe. Right? Yeah. See, I did the I did the pantomime for a blindfold. See that? <laughs> oh, is that I thought you were doing the Batusi. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early and too late for a Batusi. <laughs> anyway, it's never too late for a Batusi. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's most of what we have news-wise going on here, aside from, I mean, I think that's it, right? So maybe let's let's call it good for this episode of Robot Kraken. Uh, We'll pick back up where we left off here with a review or two and some more talking. Uh, In the meantime, let's tell everyone how they can get a hold of us, Tom. How can they get a hold of us? 
Chris? Well, obviously they can go to robot-kraken.com where they you can... you say robot-kraken.com? I did. You know if they type robotkraken.com, they're going to get some sort of untoward site. But robot-kraken.com. Robot-kraken.com. That's the place to be. Yes. So you can get the links to the podcasts uh, on iTunes there. You can see all of our daily news bits and reviews bits. Yes. At some point, possibly some merch. Uh, really, pretty much it's the only site you ever need to, to go to and see, right? Right. Really absolutely. Videos, except for any of our other sites. <laughs> and but what are can, those other sites, Tom? Well, you can, well, I'll tell you what, though. Um, if, uh, if any of our seven listeners want to talk to us, you can email us at salty. At robot dash well dash uh, you do that every time. I have trouble with that. The hyphen. Okay, so salty at robot dash kraken dot com. Yes, we'll both see that, and then also you can you can reach us individually. Um, I'm Tom with an H at third rail design lab dot com, uh, and I have a website that you can go check out, and we have an art jam that people participate in and draw things, and other people look at them and they like them, and. Uh, and I have all my stuff on there. And what about you? Well, you can get me on deeplydapper.com. And that will take you to links for Robot Kraken, my other podcast, Deeply Dapper Dispatches. Um, there will be some other fun stuff on there at some point here. Well, I was going to say, you can also find us on Instagram and on yes. Twitter and on Facebook. But I don't, you know, just search. You find us. Yeah, there. yeah. Look for And also any of those other sites will have the links for the other. Now, I think the easiest way to find Tom is probably to go to the website and look for the links, or you can actually look up Third Rail Design Lab. There's not a lot of them out there. No, there is not. And Deeply Dapper, for me, are really the easiest way because neither of our names are super easy to spell. They're not. They're great to say. Right? In my professional life, I have to explain my first name, my last name, and my email address a million times to every person I talk to. So exactly. I can't even imagine... What our seven listeners must be oh, typing it out like D yeah. D O N. No, there's an H no, word. It's Chris with a K and it's Tom with an H. <laughs> anyway, so that's for tonight, and uh, or at least for this segment. Yes. Um, to be quite honest, we're just going to roll right into the next one, but um, that'll do it, huh? Yeah, that'll do it. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>